so first off, I'm not Pastor Matt, for those of you who are listening on the radio. He is out of town, and so I'm very gracious that I have been given the opportunity to come and speak to you all again this morning. And again, my hope and prayer is that one part of this, a part of this message, will be able to penetrate your soul and, and change you and shape you in a different way. And I want to start off by telling you a story. I remember when I was in college and I was living with some buddies of mine, and I went to go check the mail, as was one of my many daily tasks that I was charged with doing by my roommates. And I went through the mail, and I was trying to sort out whose mail was whose. And I noticed that there was an ad of one of those annoying mail advertisement flyers that you always get for reasons that you don't even need but pop up in your mailbox anyway. And I noticed that I saw one addressed to me, and I looked at it, and I got a little bit of a chuckle out of it, and then I was a little bit confused as to how I got this mail advertisement in the first place. For you see, according to the American Association of Retired People, I was eligible to become a member when I was in college. And so I looked at the flyer and I said, I don't think that they have their registry completely up to date. I think they missed something. A, I was in a par an apartment complex where the majority of the tenants were your college students of the local university in town. And B, last time I checked, I was not of age to become an official member of the AARP. So something got lost in translation for me to receive that flyer. So that's one end of the spectrum. Now I can also remember times in college and up until now where I had been involved in seeing the youngest members of our society wanting to contribute in some way or fashion. And I'm talking about your toddlers, your preschoolers, you know, your elementary school kids. They had this incredible ambition and desire to start and finish projects without help. They are really starting to identify and grow this sense of independence. You know, all of us in this room have had a chance to see a child struggle with something, and it's noticeable. They're trying their little arms off, and they're, they're just working, but it's just not working. It's just not coming together, and you see that, and you go to that person, that kid, and you say, hey, let me help you. And then their eyes squint, and they look up at you, and they say, no, I do it myself. I can do it myself. They have this tremendous sense of wanting to start and finish something on their own. And that only grows as they get older. My friends, this morning, God has placed on my heart a desire to talk about service in his kingdom. And service, thinking about one side of the spectrum, your toddlers and your children and your young people, to the other side of the spectrum, those people who aren't toddlers and preschoolers and, and, and elementary school kids and the like. And one thing that I want to start off by saying is simply this. Age in the year 2022 is starting to become simply a number that doesn't define you for who you are anymore. It used to define you. There were certain limits, certain things that you could or couldn't do at certain ages, and that still applies today. But 
I am seeing, and I'm pretty sure that you all are seeing a lot more young people doing digital businesses that are starting their own business online, that are making money, and that are being very successful in doing that. Where in past generations, you got a job, and you stayed at that job, and you worked in that job until you retired. Times have changed. And on the other side of the coin, I have friends whose parents either A, are still working in their 60s and 70s, or B, are doing things in that age that 20, 30 years ago would seem unheard of, like going skydiving on their first day of retirement. My feet are going to stay on the ground unless I'm in an airplane, thank you very much. I'm not that bold, nor am I that daring. Now, if I had to, I would. I'd just choose not to. But you have this idea that more people are doing things regardless of how young they are or how old they are than ever before. And that fits in real well to the message today that, that God has, has placed on my heart to talk about how we as believers in Christ and how, how we as a part of the church can continue to serve God no matter where we are in our life. And the Bible is very keen at giving us examples of people doing things not even at the age of 15 or well into their hundreds. I want you to look at some of these people in the Bible and their tasks and what they were doing at certain ages. So we have a couple of screens that we're going to show up here. Hopefully they'll work. So let's see here. All right. All right, we're just going to move on. Okay, here we go. So Noah, 600 years old. Oh, right, here we go. A little bit. Abram, 75 years old, when he left Haran, his land, for Canaan. Genesis 12.4. Noah, 600 years old at the time of the flood. Genesis 7.6. Next slide. Moses and Aaron, they were 80 and 83 years old when they were called to free Israel at the time of the ten plagues. Exodus 7.6 and 7. All right. David. 30 years old when he was crowned king of the reunited kingdom of Israel. 2 Samuel 5, 3 and 4. King Joash, seven, seven years old when he was crowned king of Judah. In 2 Chronicles 24, 1. Now with Joash, we need to remember that he did good things during his reign. He also did some not so good things during his reign. King Manasseh, Manasseh, 12 years old, when he was crowned king of Judah in 2 Kings 21.1. He was an evil king. We're not going to spend much more time talking about him. All right? Uh, next slide. We've got Caleb, 85 years old, when he received his portion of the promised land in Joshua 14. We're going to talk about Caleb more in depth in just a minute. And then finally, our Lord Jesus was around 30 when he began his ministry of teaching and serving in Luke 3, 23. 
So we have all kinds of ages of people and how God called them to serve at different points in their life. Now with Caleb, we're going to read a couple of passages from his story so we can get a better sense of his journey. Some of these scriptures are going to be up on the screen and some aren't. So I would encourage you, if you have a Bible with you, whether a paper Bible or a phone Bible, if you want to open up to Joshua chapter 14, and we are going to be reading verses 6 through 11. Joshua 14, 6 through 11. And I will be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Will you hear the word of God? A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barna. I was 40 when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barna to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Today, I am 85 years old, and I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. Joshua 14, 6 through 11. We remember the story of the Israelites and the spies that Moses sent out to look at the promised land, to examine it and see if it was right for the taking. We remember that 10 of those 12 spies returned to the kingdom of Israel, to the people, and said, those people there are going to kill us. They're going to annihilate us. They're going to wipe our existence from the face of the earth. There is no way that we are going to march up there and take it. We remember two of those 12 spies who came back and said, y'all be crazy. God is with us. We can take this. There's nothing too big for him. We remember how the kingdom and the community of Israel listened to those 10 spies instead of the two who relied on God and how they had to wander in the desert for 40 years before they entered the promised land. Caleb was one of those two spies who said, we can enter it. Let's go up and rely on God for help. He was 40, like he said, when that happened. When he spoke this, words, this word to Joshua, he was 85 years old. And the point he made was at the very last part of the scripture. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. Now, yes, traditions 
life expectancies, cultures, all that has changed since this word was recorded. But the message that we can draw from this is still the same today. And that message is that Caleb was always wanting to be in a position where he could serve God and be led by God. Are we in that same kind of position today? You see, serving God is something we are called to do our whole lives. Not just in that bracket between elementary and no longer having a job. Serving God is something that we are asked to do our entire life. Times may change. Our back may not be as healthy as it once was. The neurons in our minds may take a little bit longer to click and turn on than they did in years past. But God is requiring us to be open and to allow him to put us in places to be used for his kingdom our entire lives. In Philippians 1 verse 6, Paul says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Nowhere in that passage does Paul say, continue your work until you have reached a certain age or you've reached a certain financial limit. It does not. He does not believe that. And to those people in Philippi and to us today, the message is very simple. Until Christ returns or we are reunited with him in heavenly glory, there are always going to be things for us to do and serve the kingdom of God. Now, I understand that life is hectic. And then you're sitting me telling, you're looking at me and you're absorbing this and you're thinking to yourself, Neil, I hear you and that's awesome, but you don't really have as much commitments as I do on my plate. Different circumstances, different situations, you're different than I am. And that's true. We all have different things to accomplish every single day. But we all have 24 hours in a day. And we all realize that we can make a choice about what we do with those 24 hours. We like to use excuses a lot in today's society. And they're good, they're valid, they make a point, but at the end of the day, that's what they are. They are just things that we are placing before our serving God. Things like, I don't have the time. Well, I just kind of addressed that. We all have 24 hours in a day. I mean, what it is that we do with those 24 hours is what's important. Well, Neil, you don't understand. I served the church in many, many roles for, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and I loved it, and it's great, but now I just feel like that it's time to pass the torch on to somebody else for them to have as much fun with this certain task as I did. We'll touch on that in a moment. Some of you may be saying, hey, look, I'd love to serve, but some people don't respect me because I'm not old enough yet. I have some great ideas. I have some wonderful things that we can do, but I just feel like that they're not taking me seriously. 
We'll get to that in just a second. My friends, imagine what would happen if our priorities became centered on what it is that we can do to impact others for the kingdom of God. The priorities in our life become that way because we spend so much time thinking on them and doing them until eventually they just become habits that we do without even noticing. What we think on the most and act on the most becomes our priority. So what we need to do is we need to switch what we view as our priorities. Family and friends and a job and recreation and fellowship and communicating with people via social media, all of that is still wonderful to do, but it shouldn't take the place of our relationship and our walk with God and how we can serve God. If we do, those actually become idols in our walk with God, placing things above God. And that's for a topic for another day. So we're going to group everyone into two groups for the remainder of the message. We're going to talk about how youth and young people can embrace this idea of serving God, and we're going to talk about those who aren't youth and young adults into another group. For our youth, which are children and students, young adults, probably under the age of, I would say, 35 to 40. I want you to know that this is something, this is my category, by the way. I'm in this kind of category. We bring energy, we bring enthusiasm, and we bring fresh perspectives to God's kingdom. There is no denying that every church and every ministry needs to have some young people in it to give it some pizzazz, to give it some oomph, as I like to call it. Because that's what young people have a lot of, energy and enthusiasm. It's true that sometimes, because we have a little bit more energy than other people, we may be asked to do some things that we don't want to do. Help set up tables. Help move tables. Help with some of the landscape work around the church, and that's fine. We need to understand that that is something that, that we have the honor of doing and helping our church. But if it's the only thing that you find yourself doing and serving, that is when it can become a problem. Young people, if you ever find yourself in a church or a ministry that inhibits or tries to close off your ideas and gifts and passions, that should be a sign to you that you need to find another place to serve. Because those ministries are those people that don't respect or at least give time to hear what you have to say or help you out and see what you're trying to do. Those that really don't want anything to do with you, it's an obvious sign of what I call power-hungry people not wanting to give up power. That's what it means. People who choose not to acknowledge 
a, a young person wanting to help or step in and, and do something for the ministry shouldn't really be in a spot of authority in that organization anyway. They're afraid of losing the control that they may have over a group. Christ himself was very much welcoming to the children of the community in his time. In Luke 18, 15 through 17, the disciples pretty much scoffed and rebuked the parents for bringing their kids to Jesus in the first place. Jesus' response was spot on. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the children of God, for the kingdom of God, belongs to the children of God. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. This, this way that children just radiate newness and how excited they are when they see something for the very first time and how open they are to receiving God's message should tell us that God desires children and young people to be a part of his family should desire for them to find a place where they can help, even as small as helping their friend color in a coloring sheet during Sunday school. How simple could that be? Leading is achieved through trying and failing. Where we are today is the result of us trying something new, probably not doing it right, recognizing that we need help or that we need to do it again, and trying it all over. That's what our young people are trying to get us to, to think about. That's what we need to let our students know, that it's okay to mess up if you try. It's okay to do things two, three, four times, as many times as you need to, until you feel comfortable with what you're doing or until you have achieved what it is that you are trying to accomplish. We need young people to understand that they have an important role to play in our church, in the ministry of Christ. And if we shun them, we are setting ourselves up for failure. Now those people who necessarily aren't as young as some of those children and students, you have a great responsibility to teach and to mentor and to help them along their way. That's something that you can do. But you can also remember that there are always things for you to do in the community of Christ to serve his kingdom, to serve his church. I am blessed this morning to have my parents in town visiting me um, for the weekend. I'm sure after the service, they would love for you to come up and say, what a wonderful son you have. You did a great job of raising him. We're so blessed that he is here. They'll be happy to meet you after the service. But they are perfect examples of this point that I'm trying to make. 
You see, both of my parents have been retired for some time, but that is not giving them, that's not letting them, that's not an excuse for them. My mother was a teacher for 30-something years in high school, which A, by itself is just, I can't imagine that. Um, and, and B, she had to trudge through a lot of difficult people. And because of her commitments to her work, she wasn't able to serve the church in as much during that time as she is now. But she has served on the Christian education team at her home church. She's done other things for her church as well because she recognizes that now she can do it. My dad is retired as well, and he likes to tinker with things and fix things. And that gene passed me by a long time ago. If I break something, I go out and buy a new thing. My dad has been trying to teach me, no, you fix it to save money. Still hasn't worked. But he has volunteered and been a part of the building and grounds team at his home church. So they are still finding ways to serve, even though they don't have their youthful step that they did when they were raising me. My uncle loves money, finances. He served on their church's treasury and on their finance team. So despite some of the things that may have happened in life and some people not having their youthful step that they once did, there's always a place where you can serve God's kingdom. If I come up to you and say, will you help out with the youth? Some of you may say, well, you know, I may not be able to do it every week. Um, is there another place where I can serve? Sure. Be a substitute for a youth, not on a Wednesday. Be a prayer partner. Be someone who helps out with transportation. There are many ways in which a ministry can use your ability to serve in God's kingdom. Don't let fear and uncertainty be an excuse. Don't let the perception of not being as young as I once were, don't let that get in the way. In Isaiah 46, he writes, Listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all you who remain in Israel. I've cared for you since you were born. I carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you. I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. I'm sorry. I just think it's funny that a scripture verse actually mentions the, 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 the sign of age in our society, which is that our hair turns white. I just think that's kind of funny. But the message is still the same. God, who was with us when we were younger, God who was with us in the middle of our lives, that same God is going to be with you even in your old age. So this morning, the challenge that I would like to issue, not only to you all, but to me as well, is have we found a place where we can serve the kingdom of God? Have we found that area where our spiritual gifts can be used? Have we found an avenue where we can serve God and be a blessing to him? Where we can serve others and be a blessing to them 
and where we can tie the two together where someone or some people may know the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ simply because we said yes to serving him in some way or fashion. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you join me in prayer? So God, reveal to us now the place or places in your church, in ministries that support your name. Reveal to us how it is that you would like us to serve you. Don't let us be afraid. Help us to say, yes, I will go when asked to do something. Help us to realize that you are going to be with us and help us to understand there may be something that only we can do. It may seem daunting. It may seem a little bit frightening. But help us to answer the call and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Amen.